it's time to say, how do you focus on falling in love with yourself first, right? And so the follow-up question that I had as I built out that beautiful vision and story and what I wanted it to look like, I asked myself, if that person were to show up tomorrow, would I be ready? And, And the answer was no. Hey there, I'm Sienna J. Brown, leadership strategist, global speaker, and your host here at Leading with Intention. Whether you're an entrepreneur, corporate leader, or striving to make a positive change in your community, you'll gain a fresh perspective on the intersection of intentional leadership in your life and work. So tune in to learn how to increase your impact while creating an expansive and abundant life in alignment with your values and vision. It's time to redefine success on your own terms, re-envision your lifestyle, and start prioritizing what really matters so that you can reach your ambitious goals without burning out and falling in love with the journey. Let's dive in. To be honest, I never thought that this day would come. Sienna is such an independent person and she will push herself until the outcome is everything she wants and more. Alex is a person that you would want by your side no matter what. Since the beginning, I've seen Sienna become so much happier and so much more vibrant. She was able to reinvent herself while still being true to herself. Oh, child, the tears that decided to flow from my eyes when I heard these words from my sister, who is 12 years younger than me, who hadn't even met my partner yet, but she was able to see the reinvention of who I was becoming while also still being true to myself. And I wanted to start off with sharing this very personal quote or this personal context because we're talking today about love. I really want to share a little bit more about my journey to finding and fostering love and really give y'all three lessons to prepare yourself for partnership. Now, full context, (laughs) talked to my partner about this beforehand. He was like, yeah, do what you need to do. I love it. But I think that it's important because over the last two years, I've really risen in a relationship. And a lot of y'all are curious, a lot of you, whether you are on the journey to find love, so you're looking for partnership and you're struggling to find it, It's hard out here in these dating streets, right? Um, Whether you've always been an independent person, but you're really learning to tap into a more healthy and supportive partnership. And then also for my ladies who are in relationships and really looking to center their own needs more. Now, by no means am I a relationship expert, right? But I do think that it's really important to just share a little bit about my perspective, my philosophy, and my process of what I went through because I've been there, right? And so... Depending on when you're listening to this, today is Valentine's Day when I'm dropping this. I'm not a fan of capitalism, so I'm not the biggest fan of Valentine's Day. And it's funny because back in the day, a part of me was like, do I just feel salty because I'm single? But I realized and something that just stays true is that we should be able to show and receive love outside of just one day of the year. And so while I'm not a big fan of commercial holidays, it's still a really important topic. And so I want to share some stats with you before we get into it. But 
When we think about partnership and also how we define our own version of partnership in the society that we live in, like everything else that I speak on, it's important to understand what feels true to you, right? So you might be listening to this saying, yeah, this is fine, Santa, but like, I'm good. I'm okay with growing old, doing my own thing, being one of the rich aunties, um, I live in Spain, so I was like, who drinks wine at 11 a.m. in the bar? Whatever it might be, but I think it's important for us as we dive into this is to really open up our mindset and also be open to unlearning, right? Unlearning and redefining a lot of what society's beliefs or ideas or perspectives on what a relationship needs to look like, right? So according to the U.S. Census Bureau, I never know how to pronounce that word, 47% of the U.S. population is currently single. So there was a Forbes article that went out in early 2024 talking about how over 117 million individuals in the U.S. are currently single. And at the same time, there was a Singles in America survey by the Harris Poll Thought Leadership Practice And they found that one-fourth of Americans said they weren't actually looking for a relationship, right? And eight out of ten people said that you don't need to be married to be happy. Yes, I co-sign. I believe that that is also true. And at the same time, I think that we're living in a time and we've been brought up to believe and value independence and self-sufficiency And we've also been taught to believe that relationships have to look a certain way, right? So, like, if you think about the typical American dream, I'm so detached. I don't even really know what it is. But imagine, like, you get the partner, you have the kids, you have the house with the white picket fence, et cetera. We all know the American dream is not a dream that was created for all Americans, right? But I think it's important for us to say, how are we really being true to what that is. And then also if we've been conditioned by society, by our past experiences, by whatever that is to say, well, that's not for me, right? That's not for me. That's not what I want. I really value having a relationship that looks different than what I might have ever seen before. Because again, we're all unique, right? We're all individuals and we all look for and value certain things. But it's important to really be able to make sure that we're not just basing our idea of love or partnership based on movies, right? Based on what we've seen from past generations, based on the conversations we might have with our friends who aren't happy in their relationships or feel indifferent or frustrated, right? And so... I think that's important and I'll dive a little bit more into my story just because I've really felt that that in between, right? Of like being hyper independent, doing it all on my own, saying I'm okay without, which is true and I still am, right? But at the same time, also really having a deep desire for love and partnership, right? And so like I have always loved love, not openly because again, societal norms and standards, but I've always really loved the idea and the concept of love and partnership. And it's interesting because throughout the years, it's led to me being in a lot of situationships, right? Because I've wanted that longing, but it's also led for me to really take time over the years to craft and design and reimagine 
what I want partnership to look like, right? And so for those of you, I don't know how long you've been on this journey. If you've been around for a while, you'll know that I've been living in Spain for about a decade. Eight out of those 10 years, I was single and ready to mingle. You know what I mean? But that sounded worse than it should have. But I was single and independent and doing things on my own and really creating a life that felt aligned to me and creating a life that I had worked so hard to get towards this vision. And at that same time, I was doing a lot of work to be able to say, not just what do I understand, not just understanding what I want in a partner, but understanding who is the woman that I want to be, right? To be able to rise into that relationship. And so two years ago, I met my partner, Alex, who is one of the most amazing humans that I've ever met. And it was interesting because as we were starting our relationship and as we were kind of getting to know each other, define what we wanted that relationship to be, understanding one another's visions and values and past hurts, right? I remember on our first date, I was like, listen, we're both coming in with backpacks of trauma, of hurt, of past experiences, all of these things. How can we unpack that, right? How can we unpack that so that our journey together feels lighter, right? We're not bringing in so much hurt from the past, but we're also dedicating and taking that time to heal as well, you know? And so it's interesting. And I realized that he was my person when... I felt safe enough to be myself, but my true self without having to try to be someone or something else, right? And for me, that was really interesting because in a lot of my past relationships, I felt like I had to shape shift or adapt or try to be what the other person needed me or wanted me to be. Hmm. Recovering people pleaser, right? But it was really interesting, my idea of love and how I thought that I needed to be something that I wasn't to gain the love or admiration or whatnot from these individuals. But in reality, I did a lot of work, and we'll talk about this beforehand, on understanding how can I practice authenticity and then also be unapologetically myself without a fear of, will this person leave? Will this not align? X, Y, and Z. And so I want, again, I'm sharing a little bit more of these contexts and these random stories because it's something that I think is really important to trust in yourself, right? And know that you are deserving of love, even though it might take time, right? And again, I think a lot of us go through life saying, okay, but is this person the one? I mean, we've been together for a couple of years. My intuition is telling me that it's not right, but I'm already X age or we've already put in X amount of work, so we must stick through it, right? Versus really believing, believing in ourselves and also knowing that we are deserving of the partnership that we want, right? And so for those of you who are still dating and exploring, or maybe you're in a season of really just focusing on like pouring into yourself, right? I think it's really important to view the relationships that we go through or the dating experiences that we have less of, am I finding my person? Is this going to be the person that I spend the rest of my life with, but really being able to say, how am I using this as an opportunity to learn about myself, right? What are the things that I like? What are the things that I don't like? 
What do I still need to heal? What are the things that I will absolutely not allow, right? And I think with each relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's with a colleague, whether it's with someone that you're dating, whatever it might be, it's an opportunity for self-awareness, right? And it's also an opportunity for you to honor and set the boundaries that you know you need to. And so it's important, again, I'll share those questions, but it's what is it that you like? What is it that you don't like? What is it that you need to heal? And what is it that you won't allow? And when you look at it through that lens, it makes it a lot easier for you to, number one, not put as much pressure on yourself, right? Number two, really view partnership and relationship and dating as an exploration of self and of others, and really being able to allow for yourself to adapt and align if it doesn't feel like it's a fit, right? So we're going to dive into it. I'm going to share with you three of the major lessons that I learned in preparation for my partnership, right? And I want to break these down for you in three different steps. One, being honest about what you want, right? Number two, focusing on falling in love with yourself first. And number three, understanding that your partner is a mirror, okay? So when you think about being honest about what we want in partnership, again, I think a lot of us girlies out there might be creating a vision board or manifesting or writing intentions or whatever that might be. But I just want to remind us again that you get to decide what you want in a partner and in a partnership. And it is also your responsibility to choose accordingly. And it makes it very hard for us to do that if we are not practicing honesty with ourselves. I want to give a quick shout out to my friend Jose, because he had a really hard conversation with me. And this was, I want to say, like six or eight months before I met Alex because I was in the situation before we decided to break up. I was kind of sad, but I really wasn't because I knew that it wasn't the relationship that I wanted to continue investing in. And you know how you have friends who say the hard thing sometimes. And he was like, I'm saying this because I love you and because I care. But he was like, I'm not surprised because I've seen you do the same thing over and over again. And so he's been friends with me since I was 23, I think, after my first year living in Spain. And we've been friends since I was 23, so for about nine years And he's seen me go through relationships, situationships, set myself up for heartbreak, not really be aligned, all of these things. And it really stuck with me when he said that because he was like, you pretend as if you don't want a long-term partnership and then you adapt to individuals who aren't truly giving you what you want. And I was like, well, okay, (laughs) this is true, (laughs) right? But it really stuck with me. And so I had a really hard conversation with myself of, Sienna, how can you start practicing honesty and radical honesty with yourself on what you want? Because if I can't openly name that for myself, it will be extremely hard for me to be able to not only name that to others, but put that into practice. And again, it's interesting, right? Because through different relationships, through different situations, you end up learning more about yourself. But the more that you can be extremely clear on what it is that you want and value, the more you will be able to honor that, right? And again, we were talking before about the back and forth of being like, oh, 
I really want partnership, but I'm independent and I got it. And I just bought my first home in Spain and I've been living here for X amount of years. I'm good on my own while also honest, honoring and understanding that <laughs> my dog is very excited about this conversation evidently, but honoring and understanding that there was room for more. So that was back in 2021, I believe. And I really sat down and I said, okay, if I were to envision my future, what would I want that to look like? And again, I'm feeling real romantic and sentimental, so I'm going to share with y'all. But again, I think it's important to actually share the behind the scenes. What are the actual words? What are the things that we're feeling in those moments? And then showing up in alignment with that and seeing how we can start attracting what it is that we're looking for, right? So this was back in 2021, shortly after that conversation. And I wrote down, I'm living out a love that I've been preparing my whole life for. I feel fully seen and supported while still fostering my sense of freedom. My partner inspires me regularly and we're building something beautiful together. We live a spacious life with land, love and growth and I feel seen just as I am. We laugh, embrace joy, all emotions, and we grow together without losing ourselves and what gives us life. I'm grateful on a daily basis to embody and receive a love bigger than I have ever known. And as I read that, shout out to journaling, but as I read that and those words that I'd written back in 2000, oh my goodness, 2021, as I look back and I read those words that I had written and have watched myself rise into the vision of that and do the work with my partner to make sure that we are still supporting one another, but having and growing on our own paths, it changed the game for me. And why it changed the game for me was because I was so clear on the vision of what I wanted. If something did not align, it made it that much easier to let it go right? Also having that clarity on that vision, it was how did I want to, sorry, how did I want to feel, right? What are the different things that we're living and how are we growing together? What do we value? And again, that gives me a roadmap to be able to say, as I navigate through partnership, as well as as I communicate what I value in partnership, when I'm being honest with myself on what that is, then it made it a lot easier for me to start attracting that and rising to that vision, right? And again, part of the reason why I get so emotional is because this is exactly what our partnership is and what our life has become, right? We have really been clear over the years of being honest about what that is and then also understanding how we can bridge our two visions together, you know? But again, to be able to bridge those visions, you need to know what they are. And so, again, as I think about partnership, it's really how do you have two individuals that are able to grow on their path, but as they come together like a rope, they're able to make one another stronger, better, and also have the support that they need to continue carrying on. And so really viewing partnership not as something as something that will complete you or something that is a thing that you're missing, but instead it's an addition to your life, right? It's not a need, but it's coming from choosing and proactively choosing to have that person in your life. And so again, 
step number one that we're talking about is really just leaning in and saying, how are you being honest about what you want in partnership? And then as you know what that is, it's time to say, how do you focus on falling in love with yourself first, right? And so the follow-up question that I had as I built out that beautiful vision and story and what I wanted it to look like, I asked myself, if that person were to show up tomorrow, would I be ready? And and the answer was no, (laughs) right? Why wouldn't I be ready? Because I probably would have fallen into deservability politics, right? I probably would have self-sabotaged a lot more. Listen, (laughs) I was still healing as we first started dating. And so I did. I was like showing up as the worst version of myself as a test of like, hmm, will he be annoyed? Will he leave? And I was like, girl, what you doing? Why are you letting past situations dictate the way that you move forward, you know? And so it's interesting. So really asking ourselves, have we done the healing work and have we loved ourselves unconditionally to be able to know and accept what we want that to feel like, right? And obviously we can have our self-care moments, drink our matcha, go to Pilates, but asking yourself the question of, at the end of the day, when you are alone and you look at yourself in the mirror, are you happy with the person that you see? And I don't just mean that physically, but I mean, are you happy with the way that you are living your life? Do you feel aligned with where you truly want to be going? Do you love yourself unconditionally, right? All of these different things are really important questions and journeys for us to go on to be able to fall in love with ourselves first so that when we find or attract that partner, it is not a need, it is an addition, right? And so for those of you who are thinking about, they're doing a little bit of gardening in the background, so I hope it's not too loud, but I hope this mic is doing its thing. Um, But as we're thinking about falling in love with yourself, falling in love with yourself first, again, really viewing it with as much dedication, if this is a priority for you, right? But viewing it with as much dedication as you would any other thing, right? If you're trying to be a better public speaker, would you take courses? Would you practice? Would you show up even before you were ready to work through that fear? The same deal, the same deal for partnership, right? So before I had met Alex, I was taking courses. I was listening to podcasts. I started taking my desire for partnership how I would any other goal, right? And again, that that intentionality, that consistency, that dedication of how am I doing the work on myself to then be able to attract. We know when we see those people who walk into the room and they're just flowy and unbothered and they're exuding this energy, right? And we all have that inside of us. But I think, again, it comes back to that, how are we loving and accepting our authentic selves unconditionally and providing ourselves with your own needs, right? So I want to encourage you, right? How can you go out on a solo date? So I want to encourage you to take yourself out on a solo date, go to a dinner at a restaurant that you've been admiring for some time. If you have the capacity or ability to do it, go on a solo trip, start practicing what that is to be in love with yourself and really understanding again that exploration of what it is that you truly want and desire and deserve, right? And the third part that I want to share, so we talked a little bit about how can you be honest about what you want in a partnership? How can you focus on falling in love with yourself first? 
And now I want to talk about your partner being a mirror. And I think for me, this was one of the biggest lessons that I learned throughout the first year of our relationship. And it was interesting because I was talking to someone about it and they said, we never truly experience ourselves. We only experience our own experience. I'll say that again. We never truly are able to experience ourselves. We can only experience our own experience. With that, what they were trying to say is that we only have our own perspective. We know ourselves. We're used to our customs, our habits, or the way that we speak, or the way that we do things. And oftentimes, we don't have people that practice radical honesty and hold that mirror up so we can truly see ourselves. And like, y'all, I thought I was the most perfect person on the planet. I thought I had it all together, X, Y, and Z, until I had a constant mirror and reflection. And I was like, oh, there are these things that I'm noticing about myself that might not be as healed as I thought they were, or that I still might do that I was doing 10 or 12 years ago, right? Um, And it can be something as silly. I laugh because my grandma and Alex are BFFs now. And when I used to live with my grandma, I just used to leave my clothes on the floor in little piles. Boop, 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 boop. And I was like, what? No, I was 20 when I was doing that. And then I realized when Alex and I moved in together, I still do the same thing. (laughs) And they were joking about it one day, but I still do the same thing. And it was interesting because I never realized that. Living on my own for so long, if I leave a pile of clothes in the corner, it's no big deal. But then again, once you start sharing space and having these mirrors and reflections, you realize, right, it can be something as simple as that. Or it can be something a lot more profound of like, how do I communicate when I don't feel heard? Or how do I communicate when I'm looking at things through a lens of frustration? And being able to have that mirror has made me realize like, ooh, baby girl, you still have work to do, right? Or I might not have healed or been as advanced, quote unquote, in this part of life communication partnership than I thought that I would have been. And so obviously... I think one of the most important things, and I was talking about this before, is having the safe space to be able to grow within a relationship, right? So being able to have someone reflect back to you, but still through a lens of this might be true and I still love you, right? Or this might be true and we're still choosing to move forward. And really being able to have that support has allowed for me to have that mirror, but then be really motivated of saying, how can I become an even better version of myself? How can I be, how can I listen to the calling, right, of stepping into a higher version of myself thanks to these reflections? And also when we think about having our partners as mirrors, Jay Shetty says having our partners as gurus, I love it, Um, really thinking about, and this is something I was talking about with a friend the other day over lunch, Um, shout out to Alicia, she's going to be on the podcast in a couple months. But I was having lunch and we were talking just a little bit about, again, society, conditioning. And for me, I just want to share this because I think it might resonate with some of you today. But for women, specifically for us as Black women, we have been conditioned to be strong, to be resilient, to be the savior, to be the one to show up, to do all of those things. And as we've sat in that role for so long and as we've tapped into that masculine energy of getting things done, because if I don't, nobody else will, right? How can we move away from that or heal that 
to be able to integrate more of the feminine energy that we need, that allows for support, that allows for creativity, that allows for leadership, right? And I'm not an expert on like masculine and feminine energy. That's something actually that I started working with Desiree Kay, who's also on the podcast. Um, check out her episode on overcoming perfectionist and healing your inner self, your inner child. Um, but I think it's really important when you think about that femininity and understanding what that looks like to you, right? And understanding how you're able to define that and also, again, unlearn the things that we've been so conditioned to center or celebrate or value. Granted, <laughs> that does not mean that it won't be useful. Granted, that does not mean that we need to change who we are, right? But I think about it as, and again, I'll use myself as examples because it's the easiest thing. Listen, I'm a leader. I do a lot of things. I have a lot of masculine energy with the systems and the operations and the getting things done. And at the same time, I've really learned over the past couple of years how to step back, right? Simple example. This makes me laugh. Like when we had first moved in together, um, I have a very specific way of, <laughs> of putting the dishes in the dishwasher, right? Efficiency, the plates go here, the cups go there, the big pans go there, et cetera. And I would notice that my partner would start to load the dishwasher, but it wasn't the way that I liked. <laughs> and so I would go back, reload it again, try to like do a little training on this is how we do it. And then I paused and I asked myself, I was like, Sienna, why are you blocking support? <laughs> why are you letting perfectionism or your way of doing things lead, right? And so when I learned how to take that step back and say, what is more important, that the dishwasher is loaded the perfect way that you would do it or that your partner is leading on loading the dishwasher so you don't have to, which will give you more time and energy and space for X, Y, or Z, right? And so it's, those are really simple examples, but I think it's useful sometimes to see like what are the everyday ways that we can really start practicing shifting our energy and shifting the way that we show up to allow for others to show up for us even more, right? And so, whew, there's a lot. I feel like I could give like a bajillion podcasts on so many different topics and iterations of these, but I just want to go back to why we're here, right? You're listening to this episode because you were either interested or intrigued in finding and fostering love. And I really just want to acknowledge you, number one, for still being here and listening, but then also really want to encourage you to continue going down your journey, right? Use some of the things or the insights that I shared today to be able to understand, again, what is it that you actually want in partnership, right? How can you start integrating ways to fall in love with yourself first? And then also when you are in partnership in the dating world, how are you viewing and embracing your partner as a mirror? So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope this found you at the right time, whether you are celebrating love, rising in love, looking for love, centering self-love. I'm here with you on your journey. You deserve nothing but the best. And I will see you in the next episode of Leading with Intention. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you learned, be sure to leave a review. I would love to hear from you and the impact these episodes have. Be sure to share with a friend or your wider community on your preferred podcast platform 
And follow me on Instagram at Sienna J. Brown and tag me so I can join in the conversation and continue to touch on topics that matter to you. It's time to get out there and start leading and living with intention. Until next time.